Hello, and welcome to Lead Myths Debunked. I'm Helen Dowling, and together with my team at Exceptional Thinking, we'll be bringing you the latest tips each week on lead generation and appointment setting. Whether you're looking for how to get more appointments with the right prospects in your diary, or learn the latest techniques that really work to get you more leads, then this podcast is for you, so sit back and enjoy. Right then, everyone, let's get to cracking. So, welcome to this webinar. What we're going to be covering today is, um, oh, I didn't do that. Um, what we're going to be covering today is, do you need content to actually get your appointments? How important is writing blogs, doing videos, etc., etc., to actually getting you new appointment? Is it going to result in new appointments, new clients at the end of the day? Okay, so that's what we're going to be covering today. So um, my name's Helen. I run Exceptional Thinking. And we're, as, as you probably all know, we're a lead generation company and we specialize in getting appointments. But we don't do content. And there's a reason for that because I have a very specific way of looking at content. And what we're um, about to do here is show you how I view content and how it shapes the way that I do business, okay? So that's what we're gonna be doing today. So if you do have any questions, please um, put them in the uh, chat and later on during the presentation, I'll give you the opportunity to unmute yourself as well and you can um, ask questions that way too. Oh, does that sound okay with everyone? A few notes, that's good. Okay, let's get cracking. So why this presentation on content? So I've got a very interesting relationship with content. And the reason I've got a very interesting relationship is because I don't believe fundamentally that content and copy will ultimately lead to um, getting new appointments, okay? And the, there's lots of reasons to do, to, to do with that. Okay, so if you think about content, there's loads and loads of pressures to do content, isn't there? You know, we're to all told by gurus out there that you should do blogs, you should do videos, you should do, um, Facebook Lives, you should do um, webinars like this one, you should do all sorts of things. However, I'm going to demonstrate to you in a second. I'm just going to share my screen when it comes to um, LinkedIn. What, why it, content in itself won't lead to appointments. So let's just stop the share for a second. And let's have a look at LinkedIn. Okay, hopefully you can all see that. Okay, so this is this is my feed on LinkedIn, and you can see the content that's going on here. Okay, so if I just scroll down and find one that I might be vaguely interested in, so let's let's imagine this one here. This is about um, employment competence matrix. Maybe I'm interested right now in um, looking at my employees and finding out how we can improve their abilities, etc. So I could go to this and have a look at the comments on this. And <laughs> somebody's criticized the grammar already. Uh, we'll talk about criticism a little bit later on. Um, and there's also comments on here and some of them might be useful to me or not. But let's say I decide um, it's really useful. So I might put a comment on here saying that's really useful. Okay. But let's imagine I'm really actually quite interested in this as um, a potential customer. Does just having something on here as a blog result in me becoming a client? You know, I haven't contacted that person. I've not contacted that company. Um, if I didn't comment on it, they might not even see that I'm, I'm interested. I've just put a comment of that's really useful. Thank you. It doesn't mean that um, I've put it on there that I'm interested in. Um, in, in their services. So how does this company here, Factorial, know that I'm interested as a potential customer? How do they know that? It's interesting, isn't it? Because ideally, you know, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna, what they want me to do is obviously go to that company and contact them directly and express interest in my service or not, and I might do that, but also I might not. Same with polls and things like that. I think I saw a poll at the top here. Here we go. Is it okay for leaders to be authentic and vulnerable? The reply, yes. Okay, but 
that in itself doesn't mean that I'm interested in the business. It doesn't mean that um, it, it doesn't mean anything to do with the fact that, you know, I, I might want to take that further down the line. All that company knows is that I agree that it's okay for leaders to be authentic and vulnerable. Okay, so it's not going to, a blog in itself, a, a video in itself is not necessarily going to lead to business because you don't know, unless they've made a comment, who's looked at that post and if they're interested or not. And you certainly don't know, unless they choose to contact you, that they're interested in becoming a client, okay? So in itself, I don't believe that um, content in itself will get you business, okay? But I'm gonna show you during the course of this how we can get business, all right? Okay. So just going back to the presentation here. I also think there's a lot of pressure to do content out there. So how many of you subscribe to um, various emails from various gurus saying um, you should do a blog, um, you should do a video, you should do Facebook Lives, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they all tell you that there's a, a certain way to do that. Um, and I, I was watching a video the other day and this guy was like, oh, here's, you know, a way to do a, um, a presentation in 20 minutes. And I was thinking, blimey, um, you know, that's, that's a lot of time to do a presentation, really, you know, and, and take it out of your busy day. And if there's lots of pressure to do content, where are you supposed to start? Are you, are you supposed to do videos today? Are you supposed to do a blog tomorrow? Are you supposed to do Facebook Live on um, Monday next week? Are you supposed to um, then take that further into a podcast? What are you supposed to do? There's so much, so many options out there now to do lots and lots of content. And there's a lot of pressure, I think, as business owners to do that. Okay. Um, we talked a little bit about the problems with content in terms of just because someone's looked at your blog, someone's looked at your um, Facebook post or whatever it is, or your video doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to turn into a client and you don't always know if someone's interested. But has social media helped? It's helped in a way, yes, because um, if, like, I've just made a comment on that article, you know, they could follow me up. So they do know I've made a comment on that article and they could follow me up. So it's helped a little bit. But as I've already said, will it result in clients? Not necessarily. Okay. So with all that in mind, how can you make content work for you? And should you make content work for you? So I'm going to introduce you to this guy called Russ Ruffino. This guy literally changed my relationship with content. Um, so I found Russ Ruffino from a company called Clients on Demand, American-based company, about six, seven years ago now, probably a little bit longer. And Russ is really interesting because he runs um, an online company that teaches people how to get on demand and I signed up for a webinar of his and um, so he did have some content and also then subscribed to his podcast his podcast is very good um, but he basically is not an advocate of content and it really changed the way I delivered my business and looked at content because he said it's about getting um, your results across to um, your potential clients so let me ask you a question. How many of you, and you can uh, comment this in the chat, I'll be really interested to see your comments on this. How many of you actually have set down the results your products or service gives to your clients? I'd be really interested to see your comments in the chat on that. And for those of you who have, I've gotten some um, yeses and some definite noes on this as well. For those of you who have, and you can really say these are the results that um, I deliver, fantastic, okay? And I agree, it's not always easy. Okay, but it made me think um, about our products and services when I came across Bruce Rufino. And what it did is made me think about what the results we have um, that we can really start talking to with clients. And you can see our results here in this um, little LinkedIn message. This is what we use for our connection message. And what I decided it was, our results, was that we can get four to six highly qualified appointments leads each and every month for our clients. Um, 
and that started being really attractive to our prospects, people we were talking to. But it also changed my relationship with content as well, because turning the premise on its head of instead of just writing a blog or just creating a video, concentrate on the results that you give to your clients means that everything you do can really be focused on bringing those results through. So just think about that for a second. So if you've got a result for your business that you you talk to your clients about, so in our case, it's getting those four to six highly qualified appointments each and every month for our clients. If you can start thinking about your business in terms of the results, that really starts to form everything that you do. So if you decide to put out content, you can start talking about that. If you decide to create a webinar like this one, you can start talking about that. But more importantly, when you have a sales presentation with a potential client, you can make it the focus and start talking about your results. It really changed the way I thought about content because, and then because of that content for me, became so much easier because everything we put together, we started talking about the results that we could get. So if we were writing a, um, a newsletter article, and let me see whether I can um, find one for you quickly. Let's share here. Um, Really starting to catch up with me. Uh, the internet always does have problems when you're doing a webinar, doesn't it? share of that and refresh it. Decided not to work for me typically. All my um everything that we do though when we write articles and posts and blog posts and all the rest of it everything that we do is based around this um, results philosophy. Okay, it's, so I might write a blog that says something along the lines of, um, let's talk about the problem with lead generation. So the problem with lead generation is that um, you often rely on referrals, for instance. Um, so you might rely on referrals and they won't always lead to clients because you don't know when you're going to be referred, etc. So it's not consistent, etc., etc. But if you want four to six highly qualified appointments every single month, Come and talk to us. Okay, so everything that we do is based around this result. Okay, does that make sense? Okay, and it makes things so much easier for you because um, it's going to help you write content. It's going to help you put together content, but you don't have to create a massive amount of content either. So all we do, literally, we have um, four pieces of content. I think that we do. So we do social media. There's a presence on there, and all the social media is based around this result. Uh, we do one blog stroke newsletter a week and that goes out on a Thursday. Again, it's all based around this result. We do one Monday morning briefing, which is going to be turned into a podcast in the new year. That's all based around this result. And we also do one webinar a month and that's all based around that result. Does that make sense? So we're using this result as a basis of our blogs and content rather than um, just writing blog posts or um, a video on, on anything. Um, and obviously, you know, if you write a blog post or um, put together a video, it's, it's probably going to be based on your business, but having a focus of um, being results-based is going to make it much, much easier for you. Now, interestingly, with um, Russ Fino, he doesn't have a lot of content at all, so I think he has one webinar that he uses as his sales presentation, podcast that he does every now and again, and I think he does Facebook ads. Um, and that's about it, really. So he doesn't have a lot of content, but it really changed my relationship with content and how we use content and put it together. OK. So here are my rules for content. And if you are going to use content in your business, the first thing to do is know what your results are. OK. Um, 
now, as a couple of you have said, knowing the result, what your results are, it's quite tricky to, to do. And when we speak to our clients, it's quite hard for them to, um, to come up with results sometimes. But the more specific you can be on what your results are, the easier you will find this. Okay. And then the second thing to do, once you know your results, decide what content you're going to do. And I'm going to tell you that less is more. Okay. And the reason for that is because content is time consuming, very, very time consuming to write a blog, put together a video, put together a webinar, etc. It's very time consuming. So I know I, I want you to be consistent with your content. So if you're going to write one newsletter a week, create one newsletter a week, and then make sure you're creating one newsletter a week going forward. So what content are you going to do? Less is more. And because I'm very clear on what our content is, yeah, I'm interested in what the gurus say and you know the experts say, but I don't use it as the basis for um, creating more content. But I'm very clear on what content we are going to create and how it's put out there. And then once you're clear on what that content is, batch create it. Now, what I mean by this, is make sure you are setting up um, content in advance. So when you've got, you know, set out half a day a week and create as many pieces of content as you can possibly manage. Okay. Um, and if you put together, so for instance, we are working on content for February next year at the moment. And next month we'll be working on content for March next year. That, the whole of our content for this year is set up and done. Okay, so don't have to worry about it. Reuse, reuse, reuse. Reuse as much as possible. Once you've created content, then think about how you can reuse that. So we might create something that we use in August, for instance, but we'll also reuse that in February next year. Okay, people won't remember. And if they do, it's good for them to see it again anyway. So don't worry about that. Um, just have an interesting question in about how do you compete with people who um, create three to four pieces of copy a day? And this is how they do it. The next one, they use snippets. Okay, so what I mean by that is they um, will create one article. So they might write 10 tips about engaging your employees, for instance, and then they'll reuse that in lots of different ways. So if you write 10 tips, they can all be 10 social media posts. If you create a webinar like this, they'll break it down into little snippets. So they might say, you know, they might just take the slide and, and use um, a little bit of content around the snippets, for instance, that I'm talking about now, and they'll post that on social media. Um, so they're reusing and mixing and combining pieces of content all the time and this is how um i don't know whether any of you have come across the term kind of evergreen and ever present out there this is how they do it so they're not constantly creating lots and lots of content they're reusing and using snippets of content they've already created and you'd be amazed how much you can do that if you think about it quite carefully you can use something like fiverr.com um if you've not come across fiverr.com it's um just the website is F-I-V-E-R-R.com. And for a very, very cheap price, you'll get someone who can break a video down for you into 20 social media posts and you can reuse that. There is a lady called, um, I think her name's Gemma Sharples. And um, she uh, did a presentation, which was a couple of days presentation. And she literally wrote that down into about 100 social media snippets. So that she's creating lots and lots of content, or well, it looks as though she's creating lots and lots of content all at once, but she isn't really. So that's how they do it. That's how they're creating lots and lots of content all the time. Um, themes really help. So if you are struggling to think of content, think about um, how you can split that down to themes. So on our social media, for instance, we have Monday is a promotion um, topic. Tuesday is a did you know topic. Wednesday is what the team have been up to. Thursday is our blog that's going out anyway. Um, notice how I'm reusing it. And Friday is a quote of the week. So having themes really, really.
Okay, so just to come back to that snippets thing, um, question is, so are you talking about telling a story in snippets, multiple posts or multiple episodes? Um, so it can be either, it can be absolutely whatever you want it to do. So you can, you can do an episodic one. Um, we've done that before where um, we've broken down um, how we work as a company and we've sent that out over a number of weeks. So for instance, if you want to do this presentation that I'm doing here, if you want to do that as a story, you could literally put aspects of the presentation down um, and that would you could have that in 10, 20 weeks. Or you could just put it randomly out there as, as various snippets. It's entirely up to you. Um, but the next one is really, really important. Consistency is key. And what I see all too often with business owners is that they create a piece of content, they put it out into a newsletter and send it out. And then because it's so much work for them, they never ever do it again, right? And that is, um, oh, honestly, I'd rather you create one piece of content and have that consistently going out on a weekly basis than, um, than create 50 pieces of content and not have them going out. Um, so consistency is absolute key. So make, going back to point number two there, decide what content you're going to do and then make sure that you are consistently sending that out, okay, all the time. Because if you're not, there's literally no point to do anything. And this comes on to my next point. Good is good enough. Okay, this presentation this morning is only seven slides. And I was talking to my husband earlier and I said to him, I could I could have done more, but it's about making sure it's it's good enough to go out and um and we can talk around it and, and have a conversation around it rather than thinking, you know, oh my goodness, I haven't done 30 slides. So, you know, it's, it's not good enough to go out. It doesn't have to be perfect. One, as in getting it out there is better than none. So something that sat on your desk for ages and ages is not going to get you anywhere. Okay, so I'd much rather you get something out and just make sure it's good enough to send out. And I'll tell you a little story about this. So my husband um, is currently starting a new business um which is a counseling business and he's got a business partner and he's very keen to get on with things and, and send things out there and interestingly she's been very reluctant to send things out there because the social media isn't quite right you know the wording isn't quite right and um he's been saying to her you know just let's get it out there it's not doing anything by being sat on your desk and it's taken him ages and ages to persuade her to get something out there. Now, when they got their first post out there, do you, do you want to know how many people looked at it? Four people. <laughs> so it wasn't worth the amount of stress for two weeks worth of sitting on it and thinking about the wording and making sure it was right for four people to look at it. Okay, so get it out there as much as possible. And always make sure that your content has a call to action. And if you know what your results are, make sure the results are the call to action. So basically what you're saying to people, like we are, you know, if you want more clients and more appointments, then come and talk to us. So that's the call to action on every piece of content that we, that we send out. Okay, so that's my rules for content. Now, let me tell you what happened when we employed a marketing manager. So this was very interesting. So um, back in July last year, we decided we wanted to create more things and um, um, improve our website a little bit and create some more... Um, PDFs about what we did and things like that. So we employed a marketing manager. Now, this marketing manager cost us two grand a month. And he literally changed everything that I'd done. So he broke pretty much all of these rules. And what he did instead was, um, it was so I was creating five social media posts a week and just sending them out on whichever platform we were with. Um, and what he was doing instead is creating about 30 to 40 social media posts who's creating one specifically for Instagram, one specifically for Facebook. I was like, why are we doing this? Is it actually going to get us any more business? So the results of this. So we went from about seven followers on Instagram to about 10 followers on Instagram. Got no business from it. Um, we, um, I think we got a few more comments on LinkedIn, a few more comments on Facebook for no business. Um, he changed all the blogs that I, I wrote and instead of just having, because I tend to do, um, when I'm writing a, um, a newsletter, send it out, I tend to have all the copy in the, uh, the body of the newsletter so people can see it easy and don't have to click anywhere. 
Um, so he changed that so they had to actually click onto the read the blog post and it took them to the website. But interestingly, having looked at um, the content that he was sending out, there's no call to action on there. So and certainly no results. It wasn't results based at all. Okay, so the result of all of that new content that he created and um, you know, putting more and more content out there was absolutely nothing. Okay, it, didn't, it did not result in a, in a single piece of new business. Interesting, right? So back in every time we said, thank you so much for all your help. Um, you know, some of the stuff, you know, rebranding and all the rest of it, great, fantastic. However, it's not really resulted in anything. So, um, and we can't really afford to keep paying you two grand a month for something that doesn't result in new business. So we let him go. I've since changed it back to how it was before. So just sending out one blog post a week that's results-based, sending out social media, which again, just has the presence for us. And has it resulted in any massive change? Not really. However, we have got, because we are now going back to that results-based, it has um, resulted in a few people clicking on the newsletter and saying, you know, can we have a chat? And because it results-based again. And I've made it as quick as possible to create everything because I've been reusing all the content that we have. So currently using content from 2021, 2022, which no one will remember anyway, and breaking it down into snippets to make it as easy as possible for me. Okay. So just because we have content doesn't necessarily mean it's going to result in new clients, but you're more likely to if you have it results-based. Okay. So hopefully all that makes sense. Um, keep sending your questions in if you um, have got them. Okay, so if content's not going to create um, appointments, how on earth are we going to get appointments? Well, I'm just going to run you through how we get appointments for our clients, but I'll show you directly with um, using LinkedIn how we will get appointments. In fact, let's do that now. So, So we've already established that just putting content out isn't going to directly lead to appointments. However, having conversations with people on LinkedIn, and um, especially if you're business to business, is going to get you appointments. Okay, so what we do on a weekly basis is we would go to, um, I've got sales navigation on this, so I suggest that you have sales navigator as well. Let's just click into this. So what we do and what we do for our clients, go to Sales Navigator, search for who we're looking for. So we're looking for, um, this is my business, not necessarily your business, but I'm looking for company headcount of um, one to 500. I'm looking for job titles and managing director, CEO, etc. for you. I'm looking for them to be based I, I don't want first level connections, so I want second and third level connections. First level connections I'm already connected to. I am looking for people based in the UK. And again, we can narrow down based on industry. So let's say I want to do um, business consultancy today. And that is going to give me, if you've seen the Got right here, 15,000 results. Okay. So I could, um, let's say we've got this first guy here, I could connect with him. Um, and then when he comes back to me, I'm going to send him a follow up message. Guess what? My follow up message is going to be based around would it be those results I've been talking about? Yes, it would. So my process is, and this is the process we use for all of our clients, is to connect with the right person. So if it's CEOs or CEOs in your business, um, then that's who I'm going to connect with. Um, I'm going to um, send them a connection message. And you've seen already my connection message is based around results. There are arguments um, for and against sending a generic connection message or not sending a connection message at all. But I like to um, send a specific one that's based around those results because I want to specifically get people connected for that reason. Okay, and then when they connect back, um, I'm going to send them a follow-up message. Okay, so 
I'll just show you some of the messages that we receive. Um, and this one here, for instance, so we have sent him, had quite a long conversation with him actually. Um, he said, he's come back and said, if you send through a proposal, I'm more than happy to take a look. So we've attached um, our information pack. He's asked a couple more questions. But do you see how I'm, I'm, I've got a conversation going with him now? And I can then start taking that forward. Ideally, once they connect back and we send them a follow-up message um, and we've got people coming in and starting to have conversations with us, we will then ring them and have a conversation with them and take that offline. You see, though, this is not about content. This is us having a proper conversation with that person. And this is what we do, what we do for our clients. So literally, if we're working with a client, we would um, connect to the right person on LinkedIn. Once they connect back, we will um, send a follow-up email, ideally results-based, and then we will give them a call. So we've got a team of telemarketers here who will literally pick up the phone and speak to that person, and they do that for our company as well. And they will literally talk to that person about the results that the client can do. And if they're genuinely interested, then we'll book them into a meeting. Now you tell me, is it going to be, am I going to get meetings from doing this? Or am I going to get meetings from what we're doing when it comes to um, actually speaking to a potential customer? Which one who I'm more likely to get a meeting from? I hope you agree it's the one where I'm actually speaking to someone and having a conversation with them. Um, whether that's on the phone, whether that's actually in a meeting or um, whether that's online and just using LinkedIn for that purpose, okay? So content is good. Content is there to support your business and it's really, really good for that, okay? And it's there for people to get, get an eye on what they're doing. Um, I can tell you now that our best clients, they'll go and look at some of the things that we've um, put out there and they'll be um, they'll, they'll literally, when we have a conversation with them, when we have a meeting, they'll reference it and they say they've been looking and all the rest of it. Problem is we haven't, we don't know that they've been looking at our content. It's only when we ha have that conversation with them and actually reach out to them and have a proper conversation, we actually know that they've been looking at the content. So yeah, your, your potential customers are looking at your content. Yes, I agree with that but they're not necessarily going to contact you and tell you that they're interested until you have that conversation with them, until you reach out and have a one-to-one -one conversation with them. Okay. So in summary, stand by your principles. Know what your principles are. Stand by them. Pass. I, it's very, very difficult to sway me from, um, from my principles when it comes to creating content. So, yeah, we could create loads and loads of content. I don't personally think it's going to result in any more business. I can tell you now, my ops director completely disagrees with me. He was saying to me the other day, we should be doing more on social media. And I said to him, why? I said, because I, I know companies that it's really, really working well for on social media. And so I referenced um, one of the big gurus out there who do get a lot of business from social media. And this is what I said to him. Because I listened to a podcast recently where their um, contact creator was on it and they currently spend about 2.5 million a year on Facebook ads and um, sending out content through Facebook and what I said to Mark's director was okay we don't spend anything on social media we don't spend anything on content so if that is me versus someone who's spending 2.5 million a year whose adverts are they going to show and he was like, okay, yeah. Well, maybe we should invest a little bit of money into it. And I said, well, we can do, but again, it's about getting that return on investment. I know if we reach out to the right connections on LinkedIn and we have, start having conversations with them and we have, then they turn into meetings, then we're going to get business from that. I cannot, in good faith, spend the same amount of time on social media because I know... And, and writing content because I know that it's not actually going to lead to um, business and that's ultimately what I want. Something else that you need to be aware of if you start putting content out is you're going to get bad feedback from critics out there. And by critics, I mean other business owners and things like that. I mean, you saw when I, when I went to LinkedIn, you saw someone there who said, 
um, oh, there's poor grammar in this and all the rest of it. You're, you're going to get that. And in fact, there's a, there's a guru I follow called Denise Duffield Thomas, and she always says, um, if you've not got at least one bad piece of feedback from critics, you're not properly in business. Um, so just think of it like that. Now, I, we used to get bad feedback a lot from um, critics, and it was really interesting because we used to get a comment every, almost every week saying something along the lines of, oh, I don't agree with what you've put out, or um, you, know, you should do it this way instead. And when I was first in business, I used to get quite, you know, a bit disheartened by it, if I'm honest. Um, but then I started thinking about it in a different light. So I was thinking, where's your newsletter? Where's your blog that I can criticise? Um, and what was interesting is that they never seemed to have one, which was always interesting. Um, and once I start wor stopped worrying about it and um, just focused on what I was doing, weirdly, the critics stopped. I didn't get any sort of bad feedback then. So if you do get bad feedback, just ignore it and, um, and move on. And then finally, we talked about ideas from gurus. And, and there's, there are lots of gurus out there. There are lots and lots and lots of people who will say you should be doing X, Y, Z. But if you go back to your principles of, no, I don't actually know what works for my business. And this is the content I'm going to create. And basically that's what I'm going to stick to, then you don't need to worry about it because just get just get suggestions and things from um, from gurus and um, don't worry too much about creating additional things from them. Okay, here we have any questions. So I've had a couple of questions um, given in advance, but do we have any other questions at all? Maybe, um, chat or feel free to unmute yourself and ask the questions directly. It's entirely up to you. I have a question, if that's all right, Helen. Of course it is, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> um, thanks a lot for the, uh, the presentation. Um, yeah, I think you mentioned two or three times, you know, connect to the right person on LinkedIn. Sure. Um, for us, uh, they're quite difficult to identify because it's not easy okay. to do it by job title. Okay. Um, the reason being our sweet spot is probably companies who are sort of 20 to 70 people in size and often a senior partner is responsible for IT, which is what, what our company sells. Yep. Um, and they don't identify, you know, larger companies will have IT manager or whatever. And, and actually that's a whole different sales process for an IT manager than it is for, yep. a, you know, a senior partner. Yep. Um, do you have recommendations on actually, yeah, that's a pretty common problem. This is sort of how you get round it in terms of, you know, you're at least part of your marketing is doing an approach via LinkedIn and trying to identify that right person. Yep, absolutely. Okay, let's build your search out for you then. Terrific. <laughs> Wrong one. Okay, so um, you said 72, 200 people, did you say? Um, so it's probably 20 to 70 people to okay. users. That's the size of the company. Okay, I'm going to go higher than that because on LinkedIn, people tend to um, oh, they tend to be over generous with the amount of people they have in their business because they're yeah. often associates and things like that. So if you're looking for um, 20 to 70 people, I would say do 11 to 50 and 51 to 200. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, you don't obviously want people you connected with already. And are they based in the UK or the base specifically? Yeah, I mean, London is terrific because um, you know we're actually in a big catchment area, so that's that's great. And there are quite a few businesses in London, so limiting it to London is fine. Yeah. Or Greater London. Okay, so I've lots of searches for London, so I would definitely yeah. do London, London area, and I think they've got City of London here as well. Mm, I think they do actually. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So I would take out, where's my, I'll take out um, job title. Mm -hmm. um, you're looking for companies specifically with IT, yeah? Yeah, well, I mean, pretty much every company uses IT, so that's that's great. But what what we're looking for is the decision maker regarding IT. So the person who will probably sign the contract. Okay. Um, so and in, in that case, often, you know, there'll be a senior partner. Yeah. Um, some, you know, they might be the owner, depending on what size and what responsibility they have. But normally IT is not 
massively on the owner's okay. radar. So it could be any of that senior leadership team. Do you specialize in any industries at all? Um, I mean, to some extent, we do professional services. So we do, uh, we've got a lot of um, accountants, lawyers, um, remuneration consultants, uh, business psychologists, um, those kind of people. We have a, a, a small amount of retail. Okay. No, so they do office. have um, they do have an industry of professional services, but I would also then put in accounting mm -hmm. and all the all the rest of it. So I'll just stick with that for the moment. And that is bringing yeah. us up currently um two hundred and ninety thousand results. Yeah. Okay. So I would then start having a look at what sort of job titles. So at the moment I haven't got any job titles in here. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I start having a look at what who's come up. So we've got a CIO here. So this is still a relatively small company. Would that mm -hmm. be a good person to target? Uh, could could be the CIO. Um, if if they have an IT manager, that could be yes. it. And, and some of the larger ones will. Yeah. Sure. Um, but specifically, we're ideally for us is to target the the smaller companies. Okay, that's fine. So you so can yeah, see they probably don't have that job title. So you can see her founders coming up quite a bit as well. So that might be a good um one for you ceo's coming up the so founder again mm -hmm. uh, tech recruiters probably not going to be relevant though no probably not okay. so i would with people like this you can start excluding them so you can mm -hmm. put them out of your search um and then you can see here again founders coming up quite a lot on on here director is probably a little bit too loose here so again you can take those those people out mm -hmm. Okay, so that's how I would start finding them. And then I would um, then start making some calls to these people, which you may, may not want to do. Um, um, yeah, listen, not, not averse to, to to making calls. Not sure whether it's my particular skill. <laughs> and, and also... You can always do it for you, Simon. It's not a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess the reason I'm asking the question is... Um, I, I get the 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 sale the search techniques around sales navigator. What's going to happen is, and partly it's a numbers game, but what's going to happen is you're going to get a lot of people, and a lot of that audience is going to be irrelevant. Absolutely. The, que the question then is, how do you play the numbers game successfully so that actually you're producing just you're doing just the right amount of effort consistently every week to get the Nirvana, which is, I think your target is four to six qualified appointments a month. Yeah. So, you know, you want to be, and I'm trying to get in my head, actually, where, where are the ratios? Cause, cause at the moment I can see, I can see the principles of the search you're doing. It, it's never going to be guaranteed and it's never going to be fantastically targeted, but how do you work out those ratios so that in actual fact, you know, of the, whatever the research results there, there are 290,000. You're going to have to get that down enough and then you're going to have to say, what's ah. a reasonable target? Should I phone 100 this week or should always, I phone 50? Yeah, always start wide. Okay, so you don't you don't know whether Daniel Hurl does deal with IT or not, for start. Mm -hmm. Even if he does deal with IT, you don't know whether or not he's interested. Okay, so, so when I build a search, I don't exclude many people from it because that's about um, exploring them, whether or not they're interested. So, Simon, do you have, um, do you know what the results are for your company? What results do you um, give your clients? Yeah, I, I sort of know for, for the industry. And so in some ways, results can be very concrete. So one of the things that we do is we help people get ready for and pass Cyber Essentials Plus certification. Okay. So, so that's that's a concrete result. It's like, you know, do you need to get this to prove your worth to the people you want to do business with? And if you're in, um, you know, if you're in IT, um, if you're doing government projects, you're going to have to have it. Otherwise, you won't qualify. Okay. <clears throat> um, so there are some concrete things like that. Um, there's also then in our industry, um, you know, if you visit almost any IT provider website, you're going to find they're going to have something like 10 minute response time. They're going to have what their client satisfaction rate is and yep. somewhere around 98% for everybody. Yep. Um, and the challenge we have, I think, is actually genuinely differentiating it. One of the ways that we've done it recently in sales meetings is, is to actually just say, listen, you, you ask who we're up against, mm -hmm. give them this scenario and ask 
again, what their steps are and compare that to what our steps would be if that query came into our help desk. And I think when people see that, side, you know, potentially side by side, and they, they ask them to say, listen, can you just provide your workflow for what this query would be? People then begin to get why they pay more for us because they go, wow, you've got a lot of steps in there, which you can do pretty quickly. And it really keeps us secure and it makes us more productive. And it means that. 100%, yeah, absolutely. You know. But this so, stage, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not looking to see whether Daniel, let, let's imagine we're, we're targeting Daniel. I'm not looking to see whether Daniel can afford your services or indeed how, what, what type of conversation. All I'm asking at this stage is, have a chat. You know, is this something, is this something on your radio? Do you want to have a conversation? So mm -hmm. if we just paint cyber essentials there as one, one possible option. I would be contacting Daniel. I was, I'd be reaching out to Daniel and saying, let's connect. Once he's connected back, I would say to him something along the lines of, uh, we've been working with a lot of people in your sector to sort out their um, cyber essentials. Just want to check in with you. Is, is this at all of interest? Are you looking for cyber essentials or are you not interested in that subject at all? And, he, and you start getting a conversation going with him. Now, if, okay. he, if he is interested and he, he then does want to have a conversation with you, that's when you start saying to him, this is how we compare to the competition, etc. So it's, it's building it up in stages mm -hmm. rather than going in and saying to Daniel, look, you know, we're better than the competition for this because at that moment in time, you don't even know whether he's interested or not. That yeah. kind of makes sense. Got you. And can you give me some idea? And I know it's a, it's a guesstimate, but you, can you give me some idea of listen if you if you're if you're doing four to six qualified appointments mm -hmm. that actually means starting you know a month that means trying to aim for about 60 starting 60 conversations a month and that means reaching out to a thousand or fifteen hundred people a month and the more you can qualify that obviously the better it is because obviously behind those four or six lies a whole bunch of work and steps that you got to do consistently in order to get those and I'm, I'm in my head I'm just going listen is it is it four days of calling a month and you know it's somebody... no not nowhere near that um, yeah. so on average LinkedIn will say to you only connect with 100 connections a week on LinkedIn to stop mm -hmm. yourself getting you know if you, if you connect with much more than that yeah. you'll start saying why are you connecting gotcha. with people and you know start gotcha. is that 100 a week or 100 a day a week. Oh, has that yeah. changed? Because I, yeah, I, I have, I have oh, heard honestly, before 100 honestly, a day. <laughs> I used to be um, connecting with, you know, 1,500 a week. <laughs> right. But yeah, it has changed. And there are companies out there who will do more for you. I would say be careful of those. Okay. Yep. Um, but if you, if you look at those stats, so we connect with 100 a week. We have four accounts that we do that across that there's 400 a week that we're reaching out to. There are other ways to connect connections, which I can show you if you're interested. We get probably 20 to 30 percent connecting back. Okay. Um, and then out of that, we probably get eight to 10 meetings a week from that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't need a huge amount of thing it's all about because all we're doing it with people is saying look this is what we do this is the results we can provide for you is it worth some of the chat that's all we're doing at this mm -hmm. stage okay okay so you don't actually need a huge amount of numbers in terms of um the telemarketers who work um for us a, a good sized database we're only be about two 200 250 live contacts on there so not here mm -hmm. not here gotcha. okay yeah. okay if you want to Get more connections than that. Do you want me to show you? Does that be of interest? Yes, no, go, go yeah. for it. Okay. We use groups. Uh -huh. so, does, does anyone use groups on LinkedIn? At the moment. No? Okay. Groups are really, really, really powerful because um, and if you're not members of groups, you can join as many groups as you like. But on here, it has a search criteria of groups. So, Simon, is there a group that you're a member of at the moment? Um, yeah, hang on. Let me just have a look at my... Um, I guess it's membership and active membership. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> you don't have to be active. You don't have to be active at all. So would I go to my profile and then yeah, the groups? Yeah, just go to home that? page and on the left-hand side, if you scroll down a bit, it's got the groups that you're a member of. Yeah, okay. Here we go. 
so um, I am, oh my God, I remember quite a few. Um, Property Exchange, which is oh, X-Change, yeah. Cyber Essentials um, Advice Group. It's property, did you say? Uh, uh, yeah, so property and then X, capital X, hyphen, change, capital C. Uh, that that's one, it. Yeah. Yep. Okay. okay, so again, again, you can narrow down who you're looking for and all this. It's only given me 113 results in here at the moment. It's probably because I've um, left my industries on. <clears throat> okay, you see, so it's gone up to 211 now. Um, but I, some of these, you don't have to be connected to them on here. <clears throat> and what we do is we um, send out messages to second and third connections. In fact, let's just no, it's fine. Um, that say we're not connected, but we're both members of this group. This is what we do. This is how we, uh, this is the result we create. It's worth us having a chat, and we mm -hmm. get loads and loads of business from that. Okay, that's a nice tip. Thank you. So there are lots of things you can do that have nothing to do with content at all. And, and so, uh, a sort of email message does that count against your email account or with it? Doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be email, it doesn't have to okay, be email. You just message with, with groups, you can, you can use message them. Message, yeah, cool. Yeah, okay. um, with regards to emails, we don't use emails at all, really. You can do if you want yeah. to, um, but we're looking to build a connection and then correct, yeah, yeah, that makes any, sense. Any other questions at all? Okay, we did get a couple of questions before the call. Um, first question is around the importance of blogs or discussion threads to start conversations. By all means, send out as much content as you want, but bear in mind, content itself is not necessarily going to result in appointments. And if that's what you're looking for, then you need to be looking at other ways to do that. Okay, so content should be there to support your business rather than be in the forefront. And the effectiveness of polls. Also interesting, actually. Um, there's a lady called Helen Pritchard. I think her name's Helen Tudor now because she just got married, who loves polls. But again, she uses them very particularly. So um, how she does polls is if someone, because if you do a poll on LinkedIn, you can see who's um, who's said yes or no, whatever. You can see who's done that. So she might ask a poll like, um, are you interested in employee engagement? Yes, no. Okay, so all the people who are interested in employee engagement who click yes, she will then send them a follow-up message to say something along the lines of, um, we've got this um, course coming up about employee engagement, would you be interested in sending it? So she, she uses blogs to do the follow-up. Okay, so you can you can do it like that, but again, it's all about the follow-up. And if you don't know who's um, been looking at your content, then it's not gonna be any good to you, is it? So coming towards the hour, does anyone else have any final questions at all? Nothing. Hope that's been useful. And obviously, if anyone does want to talk to us about how we can help, then please do let me know. Thank you all for attending. Really appreciate it. That's great. Thank you very much. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Lead Myths Debunked. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, remember to rate us, write a review or share this podcast. And if you're looking for a company that can do qualified appointment sessions for you, then let's have a chat. Simply go to www.exceptionalthinking.co.uk forward slash contact to book some time in the diary. See you on another episode soon.